Love and Watches is a podcast for male and female watch lovers alike. Perpetual Girl and Ranch Racer are a watch-crazy wife and husband team, bringing you the latest in news, gossip, controversy, and anything else that matters in the world of watches. We hope you enjoy the show. Hey, watch fam. You guys have made it to episode number 16 of the Love and Watches podcast. This is Ranch Racer. And this is Perpetual Girl. And we are very, very excited about this episode. It's another milestone episode uh, because for this episode, we are bringing on our very first guest. Mm -hmm. So uh, it's been, it's taken a little bit of time to get there, we know. And before I introduce our guest, I'll just, I'm going to talk a little bit about how long, I mean, you would think like bringing someone in over Skype would be easy, right? You just set up your computer, hit record, whatever, you're good to go, but when we started this podcast, we made this commitment to you guys that we were going to do it right, right? So we didn't start by recording off of our laptop. We actually bought all the audio gear. Not that there's anything wrong with that. We, you no, know, we a just, lot we, of people rely on their laptops. Totally. But we just want, we wanted to offer awesome. the best product that we could. So we bought the soundboards and we bought the mics and the, well, you're sort of a, a techie. It's a hobby for you. Well, I'm a techie, but this is, I am not an audio techie, right? I mean, or electronics. I should say back in high school, I did some DJing, but it was a little bit different than this. It um, was with records. Yeah. So, so anyway, I had to learn. It was like a, this whole learning experience to figure out how to get the Skype call piped into the laptop and then piped through the soundboard and then back mm-hmm. out of the laptop into the soundboard, make sure our guests didn't hear themselves speaking. Um, it's like a computer it's game. Called a, it, so I've learned it's called a mix minus. So I had to learn all the channels, buy a bunch of cables and everything. But long story short, mix it's minus. working. That sounds like a... Mix minus. Sounds like a alias. It kind of does, huh? Yeah. So anyway, so on to our guests. So we've, we've been kind of compiling a, a list of potential guests for quite a while. Uh, and this gentleman is someone that I really wanted to have as our first guest. We've known him for a while. Uh, known him since before we started the podcast, I think, right? Yeah. Uh-huh. Yeah. Maybe almost the same time. Or right around the same time, yeah. Um, and I'm going to I'm gonna tell you what his first name is. It's Machek. But I just completely give up on the last name. So Machek, I am going to let you introduce yourself um, and let you pronounce your darn last name because I just can't do it. Okay, Ranchy. Uh, hello, everyone. I am uh, definitely honored to be here. Uh, my name is Machek Neymantovich. How's that? There we go. Neymantovich. Okay. That's, that's actually pretty easy. Uh-huh. It's actually not too Neymantovich. bad. Neymantovich on just the first lo- syllable. Looking at it, it I, I'm a dumb American. I can't. I mean, God, I look at that. It's like uh, I can't pronounce that. <laughs> it's not Nemantovich. No. Neymantovich. 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 Okay. So, so. It's- Sorry, go ahead. Yeah, uh, it's always the topic of uh, the first topic of when somebody introduces me, so I'm kind of used to it. <laughs> yeah, it's um, like I said, for those of us that uh, are not exposed to those other languages, it, it's been it's it's a little tough one to I to have. pronounce. But but anyway, so Machek, um, I got to know Machek. I think in, at first over Instagram, um, and the way this all came about was. For those I, we've talked about it on the show before, but um, a group called Red Bar, which is a now it's a worldwide organization of of um, regional groups of watch geeks, basically that get together, Enthusiasts. you know, once a month usually, and 
share watches and talk watches and just have a good time. And so I had learned a little bit about Red Bar. And honestly, my first impression when I first started looking into Red Bar was, man, this is high-end stuff, right? Like you'd see the posts on Instagram and there's, you know, Langas and even some Pateks and it was like Chicago and New York type get-togethers. and Fancy. I'm like, man, this is way out of our league. This is not something that we'd ever participate in. And then I met Monchek over Instagram and he's like, come on out. Come to a Red Bar Sacramento. Mm-hmm. That was before I was, I was even on Instagram. It was, yeah. And uh, it was an amazing experience. We went and hooked up with you guys. And then I actually wrote an article for Wristwatch Review. And we've talked about it on the podcast. But um, anyway, it was it was a fantastic experience. And ever since then, we've gotten to know Machek. And it was like we knew him for a long time. Yeah. Yeah. No, so... That's very nice of you guys. That's nice for you guys to say. I mean, uh, I think the whole idea of, of Red Bar and, and what it's meant to do is to provide that kind of atmosphere, right? We're all... Or, you know, this this is a hobby. This is something that's not life or death. It's not going to break or make you or anything like that. It's it's about passion. So it's it's nice to hear that that when we invite people, you know, new to the group or what have you, they have that experience. That's the that's the whole thing that was kind of you know from a Sacramento perspective. That's what we wanted, right? Um, or at least that's what I wanted. I wanted to have a, a an intimate group that knew each other very very well. And uh, and was able just to have fun with the hobby, to joke around and and uh, and talk watches, right? No, absolutely, and that that's such a great way to put it. I mean, it's just a bunch of passionate people, and you know, one thing we all we all participate in Instagram. It's kind of the popular place for watch geeks because we can we look at each other's watches, we learn about watches, but it seems like we're always looking for other watch people, right? And I mean, we we've all been there in public where. You see someone wearing a watch and you're like, oh, what oh, is it? That's a cool this and that. And they look at you like, what? Oh, okay, whatever. What are you talking about, weirdo? You know, you, you mm-hmm. get kind of, so you're always looking for friends to right. share this with. And that's that's what Red Bar brings to the table. So, Machek, before we get into, into Red Bar, I would love for you to just kind of let our audience know how you got into this, right? I mean, you, you started off life way far away across an ocean in Poland and and you've been here for a long time but why don't you just kind of let us give us a, an idea how you got into this hobby because everyone for everyone it's a little bit different right 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 well uh, honestly um, one of the members of Red Bar uh, is the person who got me into into watches he was always into watches and I actually became uh, best friends with his wife first uh, and uh, I you know we used to sit down for dinner and talk, and, and he always brought out his uh, his annual, um, I think it was watch time or, or a, the annual pieces, right, that, that yeah. listed out all the watches. And, and you know, he'd kind of go through it one by one and, and show me and say, yeah, look how cool this was, look how cool that is. And I was like, oh, dude, I, I don't care. This has no interest for me. You know, I'm, <laughs> I'm a... I'm a, you know, I'm a, I have a IT background and I'm all digital and, you know, why, you know, why, why have a watch, right? I had, uh, um, you know, I had a watch that I wore that I bought one watch. Uh, it was a, a Seiko titanium that I also gifted to my father and we basically just, you know, okay, I got a watch, you know, and go on, right? That's it. That's all I need, right? And when this one breaks, I'll just buy another one or whatever, or maybe not, and, and we'll, you know, we'll go on. But it was it was really thanks to him. He kind of, you know, said, hey, why don't you take a look at this? And I was kind of looking at some stuff, and 
and it, it happened that he he bought a particular watch that weekend and, and he showed me and it was a uh, and I still have it. It was a, it was a orange band, or, you know, silicone band uh, to sew T-touch, and uh, it was digital, right? And I was like, oh wow! But look at it, you know, look what it can do. It has a touch screen. You can have a compass. It has a barometer, right? It has temperature readings. So it was kind of a, a quasi digital watch, right? Uh, and and yet I loved the aesthetics of it, and I loved orange because it popped, and I was like, wow, this is great. I just went by. I just went went to the store. He got it, and I got one for myself, right? And that's really kind of how it all started right just like loving a particular digital watch and you know i was kind of i was kind of hooked at that point right maybe you know what what else is out there if this is so cool right awesome that's yeah so and i, I think this is this perfectly we, we've got an idea of kind of how you started so this perfectly leads us into what we normally start the show with which is our wrist checks and since you are our guest today we are going to give you the honor of doing the first wrist check no, thank you very much. Uh, I am wearing my my Grail watch, which is uh, uh, the Ressence, uh Type One squared uh, with a champagne dial. Oh, I'm so I was so hoping you'd wear that watch. <laughs> oh yeah, we, our first Red Bar get together with you. He's like, I gotta see this watch. Oh man, I was so excited because I'd seen you post it on Instagram. It, it's crazy. Yeah, I, I believe I only got it like a, a a month after you guys started or something like that, right? Coming to the meetings. Yeah, so, you had yeah. just. Yeah, it. I think I just gotten it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So yeah, no, it's a, uh, it's, it's definitely a special piece, and it was something that uh, it was a long, long time in the making, right? I mean, ever since I, I saw uh, or heard of Essence uh, back a, a couple of years ago, I just been lusting over their stuff and then seeing them progress through the years. So uh, it was, um, it was a lot of work and effort, but I'm, I'm, I'm glad I, I pulled the trigger. It's definitely my ground. So it, it really is. It, they're stunning, stunning watches. Yours was the first I'd ever seen in the metal as it were. Um, and I, I know, I'm sure there's a lot of our listeners that don't know anything about the brand. So tell it what, how did you find out about the brand? What is the brand all about? It's definitely, when you look at that watch, it's very different from anything that we're used to seeing, right. As watch aficionados and, right, and you right. know, tell us a little so, bit about it. Yeah. yeah. The, the, the brand, um, basically, uh, was created by an industrial engineer and he designed, I believe, uh, airplanes and trains in Europe and so forth. And he visited, uh, I, I believe, uh, one of the Basels uh, watch um, watch shows, and he's like, "Oh man, everything just looks the same to me. I don't, I don't, I don't get it. Right? It's all, you know, you have your hands, you have, uh, you know, uh, your seconds, and you know, whatever other complications you, you want, but they all read time the same, right? There's no, there's no difference, right? And uh, he completely approached it from just a different angle instead of really doing what what uh, some of the you know major brands and groups do where they they rely on heritage a lot a lot of history and they did this with the movement and that with the movement. he goes this is for me it's not about the movement it's how you tell time right and uh, he had basically you know created a, a different way in, in my opinion uh, on how to tell time and instead of having the one hand you know the hour hand on the bottom and the minute hand on top and 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 all being at the same axis he basically, if you will, broke that apart into these separate, um, if you will, uh, separate planes or, or separate wheels, if you will, and he put them all on the same plane, right? So uh, it's kind of, it's very difficult to describe because you have to really see it to believe it. So, you know, I think our, our listeners are at a disadvantage, but basically these uh, these chambers that hold one has the minute and one has the hour and second and day of the week, right? They all basically rotate within 
the watch itself, right? Um, all you know, a second at a time. So at, at every given second, the dial changes and it show it geometrically changes. So you're you're looking at a time in a different way, and it looks different at every time that you look at it. So that's that's. That's, I think, the best I can do. <laughs> yeah. No, it, well, and we'll definitely, we're going to post a, a, a shot. We'll get a wrist shot from you and post that. Maybe so a folks video can, or a lapse And there, there's time. some good videos mm-hmm. out there, some time-lapse videos that I've seen. But it's almost like the, I equate it to, it's like a big platter. And then you have a bunch of little teacup saucers, like three teacup saucers sitting right. on it. The whole platter is turning. Kind of like then a Disneyland. The, the teacup saucers are turning within the, I mean, it's just, it really At is. At different speeds. It's incredible. really unique. Yeah it, yeah, it really is. Yeah. And some of them are even oil-filled, right? Right, right. The Type 3 uh, are oil-filled. They have oil bell, uh, bellows inside the system, right, where it – because oil, obviously, with temperature, contracts and expands, right? So those need those need to go in there somewhere. So, yeah, uh, the Type 3 is oil-filled. The Type 5 is a diver watch, which is also oil-filled. So, you know, Ressence, I think, for me, anyway, the, you know, uh, why it was such a, uh, a grail piece for me is that – I didn't see anybody doing something like that. They're approaching it from a completely different angle. The base movement is just a standard, you know, ETA 2824 base, and they built their own rock system basically on top of that base movement. So they took something that's been the workhorse of the industry that's been around for a while. Every watchmaker knows how to how to you know maintain it and work it, and then they built their own rock system on top of that and said, okay, this is what we're about. We're we're about looking at time in a different way. And making it all from the user experience, not the movement, right? But the user experience, which I, which you know, obviously uh, resonated to me, right? That that's and it's such a common theme I'm finding now in watchmaking, and especially with the uh, newer small companies coming out, the micro brands using, like for example, the NH35, and they're building their own uh, flavor of how to tell time, like the um, like reservoir, like reservoir yeah. is doing that, uh-huh, and. Uh-huh. Um, uh, our kaleidoscope. I'm drawing a blank. Oh, humism. That, oh, the humism kind of, watches. Yeah, the and humism doesn't where... really modify it, but they it, they modify the face. Correct. Right. And and it's it's less about the actual dials and the time, and more about the piece and yep. you know time as a just a different way. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And it it takes a, it takes a little bit of it getting used to. I I, I I think all of five minutes, in my opinion, to read a Renaissance. But once you do, right. It's actually what I find is that it's actually more intuitive than reading a regular three-hand watch, right? It's just uh, everything being on the same plane. You see all your indicators because it's it's kind of a a, a pseudo regulator, right? Where each hand represents a, a different you know uh, a different measurement. It, it's it's really really natural, right? And to, to have a company kind of look at this this problem and go, why why hasn't anybody addressed this? To me, that just kind of spoke volumes, right? Yeah, no, and I'm really glad you said that because frequently when you see a watch that's that tells time in a different way, people either dismiss it out of hand or they make comments like, "Oh, I don't know how you could possibly read that." And like one a watch I've looked at for a long time is the, and I'll probably get the name of the brand totally screwed up, but the Favre Luba um, Raider Harpoon, and it it tells time. It's a dive watch, big chunky dive watch, but it's kind of the same thing. It tells time in a different way. Uh-huh. And when I first looked at, it, I'm like, how could you? I don't know if I can get used to that, but then you look at it at a, at a video of it for a couple minutes. It's like, whoa, this is way more intuitive than the standard, you know, two hand or three hand. Uh-huh. Uh, I feel the same telling. way about the reservoir in the, is it Meisterslinger? Meisterslinger, yeah, the single at, hand. Yeah. Vegas, we saw this. I love the single hand concept. Yeah, it's, it's very different and almost like a more relaxed way of, of telling time. So, 
Well, that that's awesome. I'm, I'm really stoked that you wore the the results. Was, I was <laughs> hoping for that, so but I didn't want to guide you in any direction. So <laughs> no worries. No worries. <laughs> Good call, man. Um, all right. So you want to go next on your sure, wrist check? Sure. Uh, today I'm wearing uh, our mm-hmm. two tone Rolex Submariner, blue and gold. One and six it, six one three. Thank you. Yep. It's the first generation. Yeah, it's before the maxi dial and the larger lugs and stuff. And it's it's a pretty large watch on me, but um, depending on what I wear, it I can pull it off. So wearing that today, just sized. Oops. Okay, you'll have to edit that I'll, one out. I'll have to cut that yeah. out. Yeah. <laughs> um, Ranch Racer just PG screwed yeah, up. <laughs> I did. So Ranch Racer just sized the bracelet for me today to wear. And going to, I got my nails polished and I'm going to wear it to my routine chemo tomorrow. No, no major problems here. It's just a routine thing for, for my health. And I like to kind of wear something special when I go in for my treatments because makes you feel good. Makes me feel good. Yeah. It kind of lowers the anxiety a little bit and I don't want to just leave it in the safe all the time. So. Well, and speaking of this one, we're kind of, we're on the fence about what we're going to do with this watch. We've talked about it on the podcast before about potentially selling it. it. We, uh, we got it appraised and we're just, I don't know. We're, we're on the fence and Machek knows I, you know, I went back and forth on this watch when we first got it and didn't know if I could pull off the gold and got EAA to make me a special leather band for it, which I really like, but it is a, it's a beautiful piece. It really is a beautiful piece. It's just a matter of, do we wear it enough? Well, and it, ex- it expresses it. something different when a woman wears it versus a man. I, I believe. Well, for sure. Yeah. It's the same watch, but when you wear it versus when I wear it, it looks different. Machik, you haven't tried this one, have you? Your bluesy? Yeah. Have you tried it? I, I've, uh, the same friend who introduced me to watches, he had a bluesy. And so it, right. I, I have tried it. And not for great lengths of time or anything like that, but I, I personally love it. Uh, I think it looks great, but it's not something I personally could pull off. Uh, to be honest with you, I'm I'm a little bit. It's a little for me. It's a little flashy. It's a little blingy, yeah. right? Yeah. Um, so you you know when you wear it, you got to own it, that kind of thing. And I'm I'm okay with that. I think that's that's great. Uh, but um, it's it's a classic look, I think, and the combination of of the the special blue that they have in my opinion with that yellow gold i think it looks really really nice and classy so it's it's definitely a uh a new classic in my opinion um but i personally couldn't pull it off yeah no i I hear you and that's what for me it's been i haven't really had anywhere to wear it i work in sales i'm in front of customers a lot i can't wear it in front of customers i don't even feel comfortable wearing it to work with my peers so it's been a tough one for me. And I love, I do love the look of it. And personally, I don't know if I can actually pull it off or not. I feel pretty good wearing it, but it's, you're definitely self-conscious about it. Right? I agree. And I feel, and it's like, I don't want to, I don't want to appear to be something I'm not, or you know what I mean? I don't, well, I don't, I don't know and, how and to quite say it. Well, but... no, we've, and we've mentioned that on, right. It's like, well, but at the end of the day, buy what you like and, and love, don't care about yeah. what other people think. That's what we're always I mean, I'm a big fan of two-tone. I love yellow and steel. Yeah. And that's one of the things. And I love blue. Um, I love denim colors. Gosh, I love that Railmaster denim Omega, all those. Oh, I, mean, yeah. I could get on a, on a total sideline here, but. Machek will like um, to hear that. Yeah. He's a bit of an Omega fan. <laughs> oh. well, we, have, we have Omega connections, so. <laughs> we do. Yeah. But uh, but this one, yeah, this was kind of a graily thing for me um, when we got it. Yeah, for sure. And. Uh, for both of us. it was, And it is a fun one to share. 
You know, it's it's big on you, but it's a dive watch and it's nice and it thin. Is. And that, I think a, a 40 millimeter dive watch on a smaller wrist is perfectly fine. It's like me wearing a 44 or a 46, you know, big chunky monster. Except I'm so. finding that, you know, doing livestock chores is not an appropriate place to be wearing Definitely something with not. 14 karat gold or no. whatever it is in this that could ding up or scratches easily. Yeah. So. Well, you know, it, every I think collecting is different for everybody, right? So some people uh, collect to acquire because they can appreciate it for what it is and they'll always have it in their collection, right? And some people collect differently, right? I, I kind of go, you know, if I'm not wearing it, if I'm not enjoying it, or like you said, Rancher, if it makes you self-conscious, then then something about it is not for me, right? I want to be able to, to and you, you know, you're, you're not going to feel comfortable wearing a particular watch in every single occasion. That's mm-hmm. absolutely true, right, with anything. Yep. But it's got to... It's got to feel comfortable for you when you do wear it, right? And if it's not, if you're like, oh, so you're looking at it, is he making a judgment call because I'm wearing a two-tone gold, you know, thing? Then, then it's, you know, then it may not be that particular, you know, appropriate watch for for that occasion, or if you will, right? So, you know, I'm of the I'm of the mindset that hey, you know, wear it, love it, and if you and if it's no longer singing to you, you know, then maybe it's time to to let it go, you know, have somebody else enjoy it, right? No, that's a great point. And we, we really, especially with some of our more expensive pieces, I sometimes I don't even consider myself the owner. I'm just like the current caretaker of this watch, right? And someday it may, I may pass it on to someone. I may sell it. But these things are designed to outlive us. So Right. Well, uh-huh. and like my Explorer, my black dial 36 millimeter, mm-hmm. I find that I could wear that. That could be a one watch. Totally. Watch. Yeah. That That is, and it's so, it's so subtle and classy. Um it's got such a great composition. It's balanced. Yeah, yeah. It's it's not. Um, it doesn't just jump out and say hello. I'm a submariner. No, it's a, <laughs> it's a great. It's a great piece. Well, and so speaking of watches that could be a one watch. Oh, um, do you want to do your wrist check? Yeah. So, I, I, my wrist check is going to be talking about a couple different watches because this morning, I started with my eighty dollar Russian Vostok. Oh. Totally fun watch. Um, Great looking dial, you know, just just a ton of fun. It's the Commandersky. The Commandersky, yeah, which I've I've had for a while. We both bought. You bought a scuba mm-hmm. dude, and I bought the Commandersky. I have the automatic. Yours is manual wind. It's a manual wind, and I if I was Kaz, I'd be able to spit out the name of the mo- or the number of the movement because he knows him really well. But oh, he collects them. Yeah, he he's kind of what he's the guy that turned. He us did. On he to, inspired to us to try a, to each get one. Yeah, and uh, unfortunately, stopped ticking. Oh yeah, it did. <laughs> and not too long, time. not too long after you wound. No, back. and it's done this to me before, but I just couldn't get it kickstarted today. Uh, so I, I took it off the wrist and actually, um, have started disassembling it. I got the movement out and I'm going to completely break it down and clean it and, uh, lube it and reassemble it. And hopefully that <laughs> will take care of it. But, you know, and as, as Kaz talks about all the time, when they talk about these things, they're not very well-made watches. I mean, they came out of communist Russia and it was, they were pumping out as many as they could. There are so many There's models. There's a, t- a ton of them. And they're, you know, it's from, I, I actually posted on Instagram this morning and I said, you know, it's It would be tough for me to recommend if you were buying your first mechanical watch and you didn't have a lot of cash, right? If you were looking at a hundred bucks or less, um, there's not a lot of mechanical watches out there that you can purchase for that money. Um, but two that spring to mind are several My, of the Vostoks 
and my personal favorite Seiko five. Yeah, I right? love, I mean, love my Seiko five. Seiko fives you can frequently get for under a hundred dollars and they have great movements and they're well made. And if you compare the quality of a Vostok to a Seiko five, it's not even they're not even in the same league. However, they are really unique. That's and that's the thing. They're so really I said if, if you're looking kind of for the the interesting campy. factor, the campy or whatever, they're they're very interesting. You don't see a lot of them. Great colors. Um you know, cheap plastic bezel, although I know you can swap them out. I know Kaz has swapped out his bezels before. It's plastic? It is plastic, at least on mine. I don't know about your, your scuba dude, but so anyway, it stopped working. People like to mod those. There's a lot of that going on. There is. There's a modding community for those. Um, so I put on my trusty uh, Rolex Oyster Perpetual 39 millimeter blue dial, and this could absolutely be a one watch type of deal, right? I mean, it's you can wear it anywhere. This is a what, even though it's a Rolex, I don't feel uncomfortable wearing this to a customer or to work because nobody, nobody knows, right? It's just a nice blue dial watch. Super comfortable. Classic style. Classic style. Obviously has the Rolex reliability. Um, and it's just a, it's my only sub 40 millimeter watch. And it, the way it's designed, it just looks so great on the wrist. I absolutely Fits under it. your sleeve. Yeah, nice and thin. So it's for a guy, if you're going to have one watch, it better slip under a cuff, right? So a big Omega Speedmaster coaxial, that's going to be tough to get under a cuff. I don't see that being a one watch type of watch. But in any case, this is most definitely, this would qualify if we ever said, hey, let's just go down to one watch each. This could easily that's be. That's such a hard choice. Well, we can't. We're, there's no way we could. <laughs> there's no, Monchek couldn't either. That's just the kind of people we are. We couldn't do it. But, so anyway, there's, I could pick a category and maybe pick one, but I would have a lot of categories. Yeah. Well, Mike, um, Mike, uh, of, of two rogue watch knobs kind of did this like diver flyer, um, racer, I think was his three classifications. So dress? like maybe a three watch collection, like a pilot watch, a dive watch and like a chronograph, like a racing type of watch. But I don't even think I'd do that. We're just... Well, I've got I've got vintage stuff. Machek, do you have um, what's your vintage collection look like? I I'm not I'm not too big of a vintage guy. I only have one or two pieces, I guess, that would be considered vintage. Um, the first being uh, something I purchased last year um, out of Dubai, actually from a collector out of Dubai. And uh, that's an Excelsior Park uh, Monte Carlo. Um, it's a, a beautiful um, chronograph, uh, triple register with a date um, that has the 7734 uh, Belgeau in it. And it's just a it's a it's a watch that really um, caught my eye because of its proportions. Every mm -hmm. register, every a numeral um, everything is just absolutely perfectly positioned no, nothing overlaps um, and it's a 43 millimeter watch so so it's uh, you know towards the larger size if you will but it wears very very well I don't think it wears uh, that large um, but it's just something that was created you know uh, before uh, the company went under and um, it just it it hit all my check marks from a from a from a look and design perspective, so um, it just 
like I said, it's just something I had to have. And, and, and I, I was admiring this from a distance from this particular collector on Instagram. And I said, hey, man, if you're ever, ever going to let it go, uh, please let me know. And he posted a little blurb on Instagram that said, hey, I'm thinking about letting it go. And I just jumped right on it. <laughs> <laughs> like, you know, uh, I said, really? Are you serious? You know, or are you just still thinking about it? And he goes, yeah, I'm thinking about doing it. And, you know, uh, and he was a, a great guy. And, um, you know, offered a very, very fair price for it. Um, and I just said, yes, let's let's do this. And I I didn't know him at all, to be honest with you, other than Instagram. Right. And I basically, you know, just wow. took it on faith and, and sent him the money. Right. And um, and said, you know what, uh, you know, he can <laughs> he can he can uh, do whatever he wants. But I hope he's you know, he's honest. He's honest. <laughs> I hope you send me the watch, <laughs> you know, uh, and but. Believe it or not, it took me it took me four months to get the watch because oh, um, oh international yeah yeah well yeah I, I he's like look I have a friend who comes to visits me from New York uh, once a month and uh, either he can you know take it with him and then you know ship it to you from New York or we can risk it and I can just ship it to you internationally from here and whatever you want to do I said look I'm patient guy I I want this baby but I don't want it to get lost. I will wait until your friend comes, right? Like and it happened tariffed. basically, yeah. <laughs> and so uh, it happened that he goes, "Dude, I have some bad news. Oh. It's not coming next month, right?" And I'm like, "Okay, all right, that's fine. I'll wait." And <laughs> it happened that his friend wasn't coming the following oh month. Oh my god, like, it's oh, torture. Oh. <laughs> it was, it was, it really was. I was like, "Hey, that's fine. Don't do anything with it. If he comes next month, that's great. I just, just." You know, I'd rather be safe with him, right, than than so lost in, in in translation somewhere else, right? So, his friend did come the following month, uh, and you know, I basically he basically overnighted it to me from New York, and I got it, and, and I've had it ever since. So, uh, it turned out very very well, and uh, you know, I love it. Uh, I don't think it'll ever leave my collection, but it was the very very first vintage piece that I bought. Mm. It is so, a super cool looking piece. Yeah, it's a, it's a nice piece. It's a nice piece. Uh, and then the other, uh, the other, I guess we would now consider vintage piece. It's, yep. it's as old as I am, so I guess I'm vintage. But <laughs> um, it's uh, an Omega Speedmaster from '76, uh, mm. uh, which, which I got uh, also, I believe, um, last year. Yes, last year, uh, October last year. Um, I had I had I had uh, sold my previous. Uh, Speedmaster that I bought um, uh, to parlay into a different watch, and uh, and I kind of regretted it, right? I always I, I love the Speedmaster, I love the whole Moon story, and this watch uh, came up on Instagram, and it happened to be my birth year watch, and and I started chatting with a gentleman uh, via Instagram, and you know it was just kind of like now or another. It had it has the full box papers, everything with it, right, <laughs> uh, and uh, the whole thing. Uh, and I was like, look, these don't come up that often anymore. If you don't get it now, it's kind of a now or never kind of thing, right? So, uh, you know, it, we all, I think as, as watch geeks and nerds, you know, one time or another, you're going to be faced with a situation that says now or never, right? Either you get it now or it's going it's you know, gone. It, yep. It's gone. Yeah. Right. So, you know, uh, it, it's it's hard because you know you you guys are a couple who loves watches, so you can understand that and relate, if you will, right? But for somebody who has a a spouse who doesn't understand that, right? 
for, for you to pull a trigger or something imagine. like that, right? You know, um, it can, you know, it can create some. Well, it's uh-huh. kind of like being the wife of a race car yeah. driver. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> I've been through uh, that. That's it can create some tough conversations, right? Uh, yep. So, uh, you know, like I said, uh, I'm, I, I'm generally not impulsive, if you will, but when something comes up that, you know, you look for for a long time and it's the condition that you want and as blocks and papers and, you know, it's it's you've been looking for it and hunting for it for a while. Right. Uh, you know, you got to do it. Otherwise, uh, totally. you know, you'll, you'll have regrets. Right. Uh, so, there was an Omega yeah. that I, yeah. I spotted one of the gals. We follow each other and it, it and, and I'm not a constellation person. It's a ladies' constellation that they don't make anymore, and it has the subdials, but it's a quartz, and it was a, a little bit out of my price range when you think about quartz. Right. But I believe it was two tones, so I think that's where. Mm-hmm. But I think that's gone. But I, I considered it. I see what you mean about, you know, you got to act or just you got to forget it. And you're always if you don't act, it's like I'm always going to be thinking about gonna, it. Yeah, it's always going to pick at you. It's always going to. It's bug picking you, at me. You know? <laughs> <laughs> it's picking. <laughs> well, so speaking of collecting, and again, before we get into the red bar topic, uh, Machik, you you started to kind of talk about this, but in this world that we're all involved in, frequently you'll hear people talk about how some watch geeks are collectors and others aren't. And when they say that, and it's not something I agree with, but uh, some people feel that if you're not, if your collection or your buying tendencies aren't focused to, and, and it could be, you could be in a mega collector or a vintage Rolex collector or, or a, a vintage G-Shock. Seiko or a G-Shock, G-Shock collector. collector. A lot of that. Then you're, if you don't have that focus, there's people out there that, are, that will say, well, you're not a watch collector. And I find that funny because, I mean, PG and I have a, a it's a huge collection. It's yeah, ridiculous, I kind of disagree right? with that whole thing. But, I don't, I've never had that kind of focus. I just buy, if I see something I like and I can afford it, I buy it. That's just how I, you know, and for me, I still consider myself a watch collector, but I'm curious if, if you have ever had or do have any kind of a direction or there's something specifically you look for in your collection of watches or do you just buy is what you like? Is there a common theme or yeah. is that what you mean? Uh, well, I think some collectors definitely, if you will, latch on to a particular watch if you will right and then they kind of go okay this is kind of my grail this is my my watch that i love everything about it and then they kind of expand on that theme if you will right and say okay i'm going to get that same watch in this color or this with this bracelet or with this dial or with this right and and they kind of because it works you know, they know it yeah, works because, yeah because it works they, it, it, it says something to them and that's absolutely fine. Some people are very laser focused on a particular watch and, and they kind of grow their collection around that, right? But, you know, for me personally, this is more uh, this is more of an art, uh, I think, or I should say it's 50-50, really, right? It's it's art meeting science, right? Mm-hmm. It's it's art meeting mechanics. And so you know, it's it's crazy to go, oh, you know what? You just need one piece of art on your wall, and that's fine. That's good enough, right, to decorate your home or, or what have you. So I I am definitely not in that kind of category where to say I only like one thing, right? I can I can absolutely appreciate a watch for what it is, uh, for the amount of time it took to create and the time of, 
you know, creating the right proportions and, and case size and thickness and everything, right? I can absolutely appreciate it. And at the same time go, it's absolutely not for me, right? It's, mm-hmm. it, it doesn't, uh, it, I would never wear it. It's beautiful. It, it's, it, it, hit the, it, it hit the mark uh, from an aesthetics point of view for some people. For me, not so much. It, it, doesn't, it doesn't do it for me, right? I have to have some kind of an emotional connection to what I see. It has to make me feel something, right, when I look at it. Um, and then it means something to me, right? Otherwise, you know, um, it just doesn't, doesn't say anything. I just pass. It's not for me. You know, I can appreciate for it, but it's not for me, right? So my collection, I think, is... Um, you know, it's, I think it's small, relatively speaking, if you will, right? I don't know if I even call it a collection, right? But my gathering uh, of watches uh, is, you know, uh, is is kind of more, uh, I'm more of a sporty watch collector, right? So I, I don't have uh, really any dress watches per se. Uh, I'm more kind of utilitarian. That's where I kind of started from, right? With uh, liking chronographs a lot and dive watches, right? So something that uh, you know, make the watch a tool watch, if you will. That's really where I kind of started from. Make make it, the watch should be a tool watch, right? Yeah. Uh, that's where where kind of my origins came from, and uh, I kind of just been really down that quote unquote sport themed watch, right? Mm-hmm. So from from divers uh, to chronographs, um, that's really the the essence of of my my little gathering of watches, if you will. And I think that's common. Like I found that when I'd look in my watch box there would be some common things in, in most of them initially, uh-huh. uh, whether it be the size or the colors or like, like me, for example, um, I have a, 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 a watch that has ceramic. It's all white. I have one that's a white rubber band. I had this whole kick on white for yeah, a while. You were into white for a really while. Really into white. And then, um, you're Omega. Now, your Speedmaster's white. Yeah, and I love it. And it matches so many. Yeah. I can wear it with anything. Yep. Um, then now I'm kind of getting into the black dial because that's also very neutral and can go with a lot. So yeah. now I'm kind of going outside of the box a little more and getting some more unusual things. We're so. definitely outside. So I, I see, I see a dress watch in your future, Machek. You've been <laughs> posting a lot of different dress watches and saying, "Hey, this looks pretty cool." I, I, I it's coming. I see it coming. <laughs> <laughs> it's gonna happen. I, I... I don't know about that. I don't think so. I don't. I don't have too many occasions to wear dress watches, so I don't know. You know, uh, I think the response is as dressy as I get. And you, know? it, you can be dressed up. I mean, I could see you wearing that with a nice suit or a t- even a tux. It's a beautiful, very elegant looking sport watch, if you will. And changing a band or putting a metal bracelet on something totally totally changes mixes it, it up. Yeah. Right. Even your Oyster Perpetual. I mean. People would call that a tool sort of dive watch, but that's a that's that could definitely be a dress watch. Oh yeah, I could wear this on, literally on any occasion, any occasion. Well, and I, I the one thing I do know about Machek is that if it doesn't have a date window, he just passes. Is that right? Oh yeah, yeah, he has to have a date window. <laughs> is that for like for me when I write checks? Isn't that right, Machek? <laughs> oh yeah, oh, I have yeah, to write checks. Right yeah. That was no, that. Bad. That's obviously very tongue in cheek. Machek and I argue back and forth oh, on the well, date. he doesn't person. like it. You don't he's, like he's, it. No, you're a no, no date no, guy. No, no. I'm no date guy. I'm a no date. No date. Guy. Oh, you no like date. the you like the the simple, let the let the dial speak for itself sort of thing. Yes, I like symmetry. I like balance, if you will. Uh, proportions are very very 
meaningful to me, right? Uh, and the date, usually speaking, not obviously not always, right? Usually speaking, uh, throws the dial off for me, right? Uh, yeah. And so, I'm I'm usually a, a no date guy. Um, I never I never use that complication per se, if you will. I never really need to know what date it is. See, I, uh, when you live in the country and you have livestock, you have to write a lot of checks. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> <There you> go. <laughs> So, but again, I'm a, I'm a double wrist kind of guy, though, right? So I have you are. That's you know, right. I wear an, I wear an Apple Watch on one wrist, and I wear my mechanical love on the other. So you know, and uh, we've never held that against you. So, <laughs> <laughs> gotta be me. What can I say? Absolutely, buy what you love and wear it love all. Love what you buy, right? <laughs> um, well, so let's. I really want to. We're we're pretty well into the podcast here, and I do want to talk about Red Bar. Um, like I said, when I first started to learn about Red Bar, I don't know, a few years ago, um, the impression that I got was not the impression I came away with after meeting you and, and the guys the and local. the collectors for mm-hmm. the first time. So why don't you tell us a little bit about, about how you, how did this all come to be? I mean, you're the founder of Red Bar Sacramento and that's not, that's no small task to start up something like that and get people to come and. How did that all? How did that all come about? Well, um, it came about where obviously uh, you know I had a the guy who introduced me to watches, right? He was a member of the group now. Uh, you know, we always called each other or talked or or met up and always talked watches and you know whatever he saw or whatever he was interested in. Uh, and then I met another person uh, at. at my work and uh he wanted to talk watches right so i said you know we should probably get together you know <laughs> since us three guys at least you know want to talk watches have want, want somebody to talk uh to about watches right that's the key right meeting somebody who really loves watches i think is uh is a rarity and so to have kind of an outlet that we could do that um said something to me right and um and basically i just said you know what let's do this there is no red bar in sacramento there's a red bar in san francisco i think they're far enough if you will and um you know so i just i basically just did it i just said you know i went on instagram reserved the name <laughs> and reserved reserved the domain name and then you know just started started doing it and uh, kind of came up with a list of of people who i thought uh, would you know enjoy coming and, and talking to us and you know, send out a little, you know, hello, this is what we are about kind of email uh, and see who kind of showed up. Right. And uh, we were fortunate to have uh, Mike Seals from Seals Watch Company uh, be one of our first uh, uh, at our first meeting uh, where he kind of talked about his brand. And he's, a, you know, he's a micro band here out of uh, Northern California. And, uh, you know, it kind of just grew from there. Right. And, and we meet, you know, once a month and uh, and uh, basically really get to know each other, right? I mean, it's not all about just watches. It's about what each, what, what makes each person tick and therefore what do they like about watches, right? People who know me know I'm extremely detail-oriented. There's something off, right, about a particular uh, <laughs> aspect gonna of That's going to drive you nuts for months. <laughs> right. It'll drive me nuts. And people know about that, right? And people go, look, I, I love this watch. I love this watch. And I go, but what about that, right? You know what I mean? And then and you can't you unsee can't it, it once Machek points it out to you. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, 
and so for some people, they're like, hey, that's okay. I don't care. It, it's it's still beautiful to me, right? And I, that's great. You know, that's that's fantastic. Like for applied me, indices, right? Applied <laughs> indices. Now it's right. all I look at. It doesn't have applied indices. Right. Exactly. Exactly. So, you know, does, does the second hand go all the way to the edge, right? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yep. So, yeah. so it, everybody, what's great about Red Bar, or at least the Sacramento chapter, is that we're such a small group and so tight knit. We've gotten to know each other's idiosyncrasies, right? We we've gotten to know what 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 each person likes, dislikes, and we you know we joke around with each other. We play off of each other. Well, everybody's right? approachable, really... you know. It's yeah. not there's yeah. nothing intimidating. It's not there's no pomp and circumstance or um, any kind None of, of intimidation or no. snobbery. <laughs> There's no we snobbery. have to have a sense of humor because we do we do razz each other a oh, yeah. lot, you know. We and and it's all in good fun, right? Nobody should take it seriously. We just know each other. We know each other's personalities. What makes each other stick, and you know, uh, we give each other crap. And hey, we take it. You know, you got to be able to give and, and and get right at the same time. So I think it's a really fun group. I I love doing it. Um, it's hard. Obviously, everybody has you know different things in life and, and schedules to to get everybody you know, in sync and so forth. But, um, it's, it's something very pleasurable, very fun. So I'm, I'm very happy that you guys had such a great experience coming for the first time, you know, thinking that it's going to be very, very pomp, pompous and, and so forth. And it's, it's good to hear that you guys had such a good time. And there's such a great variety of the time pieces too. Oh man. It, Everything. It's, it's just so fun to, to see that pile at the end of the night and, and look through everyone's watches. And I mean, for us, yeah, I mean, we, like I said, we were we had no idea what to expect, um, you know, and 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 then I saw your a picture of your Vassants. I'm like, oh yeah, we're this. I don't know if we're gonna fit in. <laughs> you know, so I don't think we're gonna bring my Seiko five, and and it's like, uh, like and everybody else had a Seiko five, and we're the, like, oh, ran, there's Casios up to Rolexes yep. and Vassant. I mean, there's just everything, and everyone is so awesome, and you know, for us, it almost it's like we live up here in the country. We don't. We're, we're far apart from other people. We don't have a lot of interaction with folks. And for us, when we can make it, we don't make it every month. It, it's just so fun. And we feel like we've gotten, you know, it's a, it's still a, a small group, a small core group of folks, but we feel like we've made, you know, a bunch of new friends almost overnight. It, well, and just, I got the pleasure so of meeting it. your lovely wife and son. And that's been a real, I mean, we're making friends and it's, yeah. it's like some of the other hobbies we've had over the years where it's more about getting to know each other. Yeah. As well. it, it really is. It really and that's that's really the fun of it, in my opinion. When you really get to know uh, the other person, you know, we now are at a point where we suggest watches for our our friends, right? Yeah. We're like, hey, did you see this? You know, I think you would really like that based on their tastes, right? Mm. So, you know, uh, we all have you know little watches here and here that we look for, and you know, it, it's it's happened now a number of times where I actually found. A watch that that another member was looking for, right? And he went and bought it that day, right? It was just wow. like there it is. That's the one you've been looking for, right? Yep. That's the one. And you know, I kind of was was hunting a little bit for him, right? Because I, I I wanted him to have that that Grail watch that he was looking for, right? So it was it was fun to be able to 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 do that and look, you know, and have somebody else interested in mind. It's not it's not just about you, right? It's it's what other people enjoy, right? And having the ability to say, hey, you know, I think you're really going to dig this one, right? This is right up your alley, you know? And uh, it's fun. It's, you know, like I said, it, it's all about having fun with a, with a great hobby, 
wristwatches are, you know, they're not tools anymore, right? You don't really need a wristwatch, right? Uh, and, uh, you know, have fun with it, right? Have fun, joke well, around. And it can a- liberate you a little bit too. Like I, I used to have a, a leather clip that I, my phone was on my belt and now I don't do that. I put it in my purse because so, I wear a watch, yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. which well, is kind of nice. It's a, it's an object that in a lot of cases takes you back in time. Mm-hmm. It's, it's to a, a time that was a not little to, bit simpler. Not to we're, have a pun. Well, but we're, <laughs> yeah, we're, we're all so surrounded by technology. It just, we're inundated with technology. Right. And especially the younger generations, um, tell the story. They, they've grown up just with tech. Oh, what you want me to tell that story again? Tell it one more time quickly. Really quick. Okay. We, so we talked the, about it in one of our first podcasts. Yeah. I think so if you guys work. haven't heard this, if you haven't heard some of our original podcasts, um, I was at our yearly sales conference. I work for a large tech company and I was at our yearly sales conference and I was at one of the booths of one of our business units and talking to them about the product. And, and there was a young gal standing next to me. I mean, she couldn't have been more than 21, 22. She's probably an intern or this could have been maybe her first, her first job out of college. I don't know. Very young. And, uh, she, she turned to me and she said, Oh, what, can you tell me what time it was? Her phone was dead. She said, Oh, can you, what, what time is that? I've, I've got a, I've got a, a session coming up. Well, so I just picked up my wrist and showed you were, her my you watch. Were trying to be discreet. Yep. Trying to be discreet. I just kind of showed her my watch and she, she looked at me and she goes, what, what do you want me to do with that? I, oh, I said, here's the time. She did not know how to read an analog watch face. It, it was, it was incredible. And I know much like, I know I've told you that story, but the, the, the younger generation, they really have, they've grown up with just being force fed information, right? Instantly. And if they don't have that information, they don't, they almost can't function. So it was watches for us were, it's, it's kind of that escape, right? It's a little bit of an escape from technology. And it's an escape bit. from the yeah. news. When we get together with the red bar group, you're not talking about politics. You're not talking about, you know, the, what's happened in the news today. You're just geeking out over watches mm-hmm. you know it's just a ton of fun so it's been really well go ahead uh, if you recall uh, your school right i mean i don't know about you, you but him? i remember always looking hold Are on losing you? yeah it's getting a little... uh try again you there oh i think we lost Uh-oh. him I'm here. I'm oh, here. oh, there he is. Okay. He's back. Yeah, right. so, yeah. Sorry. There you sorry go. You guys <laughs> Welcome back. Okay, sorry. Get up at that. Sorry. <clears throat> but uh, you know, I don't know if you recall, but when you were at school and you were a kid, they all when you reset. When, when is this class gonna end? Right? Mm-hmm. When is this uh, thing gonna happen? Um, and I remember I had to know how to read a clock, right? It, w- it was something that was required in school. So I, I knew when the next class was happening, right? Yep. Um, so I have that tie to it, but now in this digital age, you know, I, I've heard that somewhere they want to get rid of all analog clocks in you schools. Know, at, at schools yeah. and just go yeah. digital, right? Um, so it's, but when it's will you know when recess is going to come or when do you know your iPhone when your next you. class, your computer will tell you, do kids have, <laughs> do kids carry phones in grade school? I think all kids carry phones, right? Does your kid carry a phone, Wachek? Uh, no, he doesn't. He okay. doesn't carry a phone, but he does have an Apple Watch, right? So I can kind of track okay. uh, track him and communicate with him, uh, if you will, at a level. So, Got it. Um, but again, you know, most kids, I think nowadays, right, uh, have 
have cell phones. I mean, it's yeah. just yeah. it's just something so ubiquitous uh, now. Right? Which is so, so it blows me away because I had penny loafers and I used to have a dime in my penny loafers in each shoe in case I had to use the pay phone to call if I got sick. My mom always made sure I had a dime for a phone call. (laughs) Yeah. That was in seventh and eighth grade. Look, not everything is better in the past, right? I mean, technology. (laughs) technology, When we walked uphill to school both both ways. And I work in in high tech. I mean, technology has brought a lot of good things, but it's also, we've, I think, obviously just what we see in society. It's also created a lot of controversy and... It's kind of yeah, a lot of a lot of human beings have lost touch with their humanity in some cases, but uh, anyway, it just Red Bar is that opportunity for us to just just kind of escape and and hang out with folks that are like minded and that love the same thing that we do. So um, we have really enjoyed it. And uh, what do you do you do you have any plans for the group? It's it like I said, it's a small group, very small kind of niche group of people. It's not like some of these other. Uh, red bar chapters there are like 50 or 100 people and i don't mm-hmm. even you couldn't even in in two hours you couldn't even meet half of those people right and that's what i enjoy that it's a pretty small group but what do you, how do you foresee do you foresee it growing large or do you have plans for it or are you just kind of going day to day no i'm i'm really going day to day i'd rather this whole thing be organic if you will right so um i i enjoy the size that it is because I get to talk to all all the people. I get to see what they're interested. I get to learn about them and and what they like about a particular watch, right? And get to know them a little bit more, right? If if you have fifty people in a room with three hundred watches, right, you're really not going to get to meet your neighbor, right? Mm-hmm. And, and, yeah. and to know about and see them. everything, so, yeah, yeah. And so you know, I don't I don't mind that it's small because it, it makes it a little bit more personal for me, right? Um, where I, I would like to see it go, if you will, is to have maybe the group have some kind of more of a educational aspect. I mean, at one time or another, I think before you guys joined last year, I kind of made a PowerPoint presentation about a particular company or a movement or, or something to that effect, right? So I, I would love to be able to say, you know, at a particular meeting, this is what we're going to be, this is the topic at hand that we're going to be mm, discussing. Let's talk about spring little, drive yeah, <laughs> or yeah, exactly, coaxial exactly. or... Yeah. Right, right, right. Exactly. So, so I'd like it to be, if you will, uh, a little bit on the educational side, right? And if we even had, I mean, one of our members is, uh, you know, is a watchmaker themselves, right? If we had one of the, him kind of talk about a particular mm, aspect wow. of a watch, right? Production, I think it would be really manufacturing. Cool, right? That would be yeah. totally cool. Yeah. yeah. That would be a All lot right? of fun. And so, yeah, it's, it's, I, I'd like it to be fun and a little educational because not everybody obviously collects for the same things not everybody knows about a particular movement or an escapement or something to that effect right or what they are so you know bringing some some new knowledge to the group i think would be great uh and um you know but again uh, the size really like i said i I like to keep it organic i like to meet everybody and know and and have that that personal connection with anybody so i don't uh, i'm not here to make it large if you will uh, but if it grows naturally, then that's great. Yeah. I, I actually had one gal ask me about it. She's out past Sacramento. So she was like, well, I can't really make that distance after work. But um, that's that's one person who was actually local who kind of found the red bar sack. Yeah. So well, I don't know. I, I know. We'll see what happens with her. I mean, I, I her think we're, we're getting kind of, we're getting approaching an hour here. So we do need to probably wrap pretty soon. But, you know, I, we know there's other collectors out there in Sacramento, right? That they probably don't know about Red Bar Sack. Um, mm-hmm. You know, if you're out there and listening, 
Just go into Instagram, search for Red Bar Sack. You'll find Machek. You'll find the account. He can tell you where we meet, when we meet. Um, come on out. I mean, it's it is just so fun to to talk to other folks that are into this because it's such an it's such a niche hobby, right? And mm-hmm. Machek, like you said, we don't we don't need these things anymore. It's become a luxury item, right? It's not a it's not a need to have item anymore. We do it because we're passionate about it. And it's fun to talk to others that are passionate about it. I mean, PG and I are lucky because we can talk to each other and mm-hmm. we do. We'll sit there for hours and talk about. And that's why we started our podcast. Watches, and that's that's why we started. It's like, why don't we just start recording this, right? And share it with other people. And so that was the whole point of us starting the podcast was we wanted to share with other people. And I mean, our, some of our followers have become our good friends, but I, I consider everyone that listens to the podcast that interacts with us on Instagram they're all kind of part of my watch family, you know, and uh-huh. I, I think Red Bar just allows you or, or any group, whether it's Red Bar or, you know, Watch Bay. I think it's Watch Bay meetups, isn't it, in the Bay Area? Um, watch the Bay. Watch, watch the, the Bay. Bay. Yeah. yeah. Uh-huh. It oh, they don't have a Red Bar. It doesn't really matter what, what the group is. I mean, Red Bar just allowed allowed collectors to kind of put a structure around it, right? But it doesn't really Absolutely. matter. It's just no. people getting together no. to talk about watches, right? Absolutely, absolutely, and you, you, you and I have obviously uh, traveled together down to the Bay Area, and you know, to to have a, a larger group or, or, or special, you know, go to some special events. So it's really just about you know getting together with your your watch geeks and and mm-hmm. having a good time with your hobby, right? Totally. Having a good time. That's the, that's the point. There's never yeah. a lull in the conversation. No, 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 <laughs> no, never. Never. That, that is sometimes the cool you, thing. Sometimes yeah. it goes on, right? Sometimes it goes on where you have to cut <laughs> short, right? You're like, okay, look, we've already been here three hours, guys. You know, we got to yep. go, right? But, you know, that, that's when the fun starts. Happens, and so. it's so easy to just start up. You don't have that uncomfortable, like, what are we going to talk about, right? <laughs> you know what you're going to talk about. Mm-hmm. You just dive into watches it's and you fun. meet people. Yeah. It's great. And you guys have been such a great supporter. And, and when you guys come with your collection, it's always a joy for us to have you guys. And I think you make the group what it is. So it's, it's always a pleasure to have you guys. I wish we could come more often. It's kind of... It's challenging. Yeah, but it's, it can we, be hard with all the animals here and and then the drive and everything. Health issues but, and all that stuff. But, but it's it becomes we, a date night and it's fun. And it's just something that we get so excited about when we know we're going. It's like, oh yeah, we're going to Red Bar this week. I can't wait. <laughs> So, well, it's that sad time. I think we need to wrap the show, but I, I want to, Manchek, I want to thank you for taking the time. I know we've, On we've talked Sunday. about this for a while. And like I said, we have a list of, of folks that we potentially want to bring on the show, but you are always going to be the first and we really appreciate you, uh, you coming on. So thank you very much. Uh, you're very welcome. It was a it was a pure pleasure, and uh, I'm glad you guys are part of the Red Bar community. Thank Reach you. out anytime if you guys want to have another one. Uh, I'm always open to discuss any kind of topics you'd like. So, uh, thank you for having me on. Absolutely. All right. Well, guys, we hope you enjoyed the show. Again, this was really exciting for us to bring on our first guest. Uh, and look it worked from, really well. Yeah, it worked well. It took a little bit of time to set up, but uh, uh, it was a lot of fun. And we look forward to doing more of these uh, these guest shows. So. Uh, for Love and Watches, I am Ranch Racer. And I'm Perpetual Girl. And thank you again, everyone, for joining. We will uh, talk to you guys again in episode 17. See ya. Bye.